<clears throat> hey guys, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life doing another episode, arguably the final episode of season 13 today. Uh, the last episode we did in uh, season 13, we are talking about the mature masculine and the mature masculine uh, lover archetype specifically. And uh, since we haven't done uh, an episode for the season in a while, uh, let me just remind everyone, this is based on uh, Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette's work, King Warrior, Magician Lover. And uh, what we've done is basically take those same uh, psychological archetypes for uh, the mature masculine and uh, made them available uh, in the form of uh, queen, uh, mother, matron, lover, etc., uh, for uh, the uh, feminine, uh, mature feminine archetypes, basically. And just to give the, uh, the female perspective of the uh, psychological archetypes, uh, according to Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette's theory. So uh, I've been waiting to do this episode for a little bit because I needed to study up on some concepts first, uh, just to uh, make sure that the information that I am uh, providing is uh, is accurate and wholesome and uh, meaningful. Didn't want to uh, shoot from the hip on this one because when it comes to any of the uh, feminine lectures, I go out of my way to pay extra attention to it. I, uh, especially, you know, when it comes to seasons four, six, and 13, never in my life have I been labeled a misogynist or a chauvinist or uh, you know, an anti-feminist more in my entire life. It's, uh, it's kind of interesting how people have uh, knee-jerk reactions to these lectures and they don't even bother finishing them all the way through. But I mean, yeah, who can blame them, right? They're only too long, right? Too long. And because they're too long, it's kind of, you know, frustrating. Uh, I get that, uh, you know, if a video is too long or something or a lecture or a podcast is too long, you know, definitely not something... Uh, to invest your time in, then that's your business. But they're long for a reason. Uh, it's because, you know, we got to go into depth here. And besides, statistically speaking, the whole, oh, you should only have your videos be like 11 to 18 minutes long on YouTube. Yeah, that that went away. That's like not even real anymore. Like not even remotely real. So um, how, do we, how do we deal with that? Given that that's not a real thing anymore. Because like what's actually real is people are, you know, watching entire episodes of 60 minutes long more on average on YouTube now. So, you know, just look it up. Uh, that's why YouTube started releasing uh, their own television shows with YouTube Red, etc. to compete with uh, Netflix and uh, other uh, streaming uh, platforms. But be that as it may, that's not relevant to this discussion. Uh, so the lover archetype... So uh, the female, uh, the feminine, uh, mature feminine lover archetype is very different from the masculine one. The masculine one is basically predominantly all about enjoying life, right? It's all about enjoying life and, and loving life. Uh, but the feminine approach to life is different. Uh, I would say that's likely because women in general, by default, already go out of their way to enjoy life on their own. It's like they have the the male version of the lover archetype already pre-built into their psyche and they just they just go with it uh, you know they, they enjoy a lot of the small things in life you know getting their hair done you know nails good food uh, good entertainment uh, dancing uh, uh, movies 
just enjoying life in general. That you know, they're all about you know getting away, going on a vacation, or just doing something special, right? They're not really prone to workaholism. It's actually extremely rare among females, uh, whereas it's a lot more common with males. And I would argue, from the lover archetype point of view, that makes a lot of sense because males, uh, specifically, when it comes to uh, you know workaholism, that's that's why they're called to enjoy life, take a moment, stop what they're doing, actually enjoy life. You know, because that's what workaholism does, and uh, it's it gets in the way of them enjoying life. I'm even guilty of it myself. Uh, actually, I was recently criticized by somebody that uh, I sacrificed too much and maybe I should be spending more time focusing on outcomes, right? Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, you know, they're right, uh, definitely right about that. Uh, so it ends up becoming like a yin and yang balance equilibrium between work-life balance, right? It's the same thing. And that's what the lover archetype about the mature masculine is all about. Taking time to enjoy life. Uh, while not being an addicted lover or an impotent lover at the same time. The female approach, the mature feminine approach to the lover archetype is completely different. Uh, It's a different approach. And uh, I think that's because, you know, women, when they they get into their addicted lover or their uh, 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 impotent lover, they're really coming at it from a point of view, a different point of view. And that point of view is revelry. Revelry. Women by and large, like to revel. They like to revel in life. And uh, while, you know, how they go about reveling life or how they approach revelry is different uh, uh, between, you know, their their 16 types, uh, like, uh, you know, which of their uh, Jungian, uh, which of their Jungian uh, 16 archetypes they are. Yeah, that could be an issue. But, you know, in this... uh, in this self-important society, this, um, you know, where everyone is focused on themselves more so than other people because there's a lack of trust for their fellow men. There's a lack of love, basically, for your fellow man or your fellow women, etc., you know, within, within our race, uh, within our species, basically. Uh, yeah, sure. And because of that, it's caused people to be like, well, you know, I'm just going to look out for number one because it doesn't benefit me to look out for anyone else. But conversely speaking... They're probably entirely lacking self-respect, uh, and uh, which inhibits their ability to be responsibly selfish. And if you're not being responsibly selfish, if you're not taking care of yourself, then, well, what business do you have loving somebody else if you can't love yourself first, right? That's the whole point, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. But, but in terms of the female archetype, the lover archetype, the wrong way of going about it is revelry. Revelry is is consistent. It is absolutely consistent amongst feminine behavior. Uh, you know, a lot of women out there. Oh yeah, they're down for a good time. Uh, a lot of women out there are are really great. You know, to be. Uh, you know, some of them are all about giving, and some of them are all about taking. But you know, but men predominantly, you know, oftentimes are are uh, confronted with the impotent lover or the addicted lover when it comes to women. And one of the ways it comes out is, uh, you know, like my ESTP mentor, for example, he taught me a, he taught me a concept relating to the lover archetype in women. And that's, uh, there's these women, man, they're like all over the place, 
I just don't know what it is, but they just do this consistently. They want all the benefit, but none of the responsibility, man. And it's so frustrating. Like, why am I wasting my time? Sometimes I feel like it's better for me to not have anything to do with women at all because they just on the take. They just consistently on the take. You know, they want all the benefit, but none of the responsibility, you know? So that's that's a very male perspective. As to whether or not that's true for you as you're watching this lecture, okay, that's fine. It may not be true. That would make you, you know, mature, right? If you really are acting in the mature feminine, you don't do that. But if you're immature, if you're, you know, dealing with the... Um, you're dealing with the addicted lover or the uh, uh, impotent lover as a shadow archetype of the lover archetype, then, then yeah, then you'd definitely be on the take in some way, you know. It's where that self-love that someone needs uh, as love your neighbors yourself uh, would dictate goes too far. You know, a lot of people, they don't love themselves enough. They don't have enough self-respect. But then on the other side, a lot of people have too much love for themselves to the point where they're narcissistic, right? And I would, I would uh, mention that narcissism, in of its own right, is pretty related to my ESTP mentor's point, you know, about women, especially immature women. So immature women, right, prefacing that, they want all the benefit and none of the responsibility. And quite frankly, that's where revelry comes. That's where revelry comes. And, you know, if a man is in a relationship with a woman, he doesn't want a woman who's committed to revelry or who commits revelry consistently. Uh, he wants a woman who does something else, something very profound. And it's this profound idea that becomes the foundation for the lover archetype as we know it. Uh, so what is this idea? Well, it's... It's actually a really hard idea because, quite frankly, it flies in the face, it really flies in the face of, uh, of feminism. Uh, because feminism would dictate that, you know, the female gender is the stronger gender of the two, uh, that, uh, you know, it's all about, you know, female pride and uh, female being uh, really good in the workplace, etc. Although it's funny because Elizabeth Warren, and I can't believe I'm even talking about Elizabeth Warren because I'm definitely not a fan. But I gotta give credit where it's due. She wrote a book uh, in the uh, early 2000s about how women or mothers uh, entering into the workplace uh, is going to spell disaster for the United States of America. And uh, I, I, I completely agree. It's probably one of the biggest threats to the Republic. Because not only that, uh, not only are mothers not being at home, we already have fathers not being at home you know, either because they're working or because the fathers just disappeared, right? But with women entering the workplace, by and large, as mothers, well, then the children is raised by the state. And we know what happens, you know, uh, when that happens, right? That's, uh, that's uh, outlined in the mother archetype lecture of this uh, lecture series. So how do we deal with that? Like, how do we, how do we get in front of that? What do we do? Well, we have to protect the mother archetype, right? But it really comes down to how do we maintain the, uh, the, the lover archetype? How do we prevent revelry from being the standard for women as we know it? Uh, so, revelry. Well, it really comes down to this one idea. 
revelry, revelry uh, where you revel, like, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a form of debauchery, uh, but not like actually debauchery. It's more of like uh, you revel in the good times. You revel in the good things of life. You're only focused on the good things of life. I mean, how many times do we hear women talk about their men? It's like, oh, he enjoys the finer things in life. It's all about the finer things, guys. You know what I mean? Like the finer things. They're, they're so focused on the finer things that they're, they're oblivious to the not fine things, the not so good things, to the point where they judge men that if there is flaws with these men, if there is no finer things with these men, then these men obviously have no value, right? They're not worth loving, right? Well, that's what happens when you're focused on revelry. That's what happens when you take the good things of life for granted. That's the problem. The addicted lover of the uh, uh, feminine uh, lover archetype, the addicted lover, they're addicted to the finer things. They're addicted to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, and, they, and they maintain that as a standard. They maintain that as a standard, especially when it comes to men. Because if men are not able to deliver them the finer things, they won't have anything to do with them. It's revelry. It, it's revelry. And, and you take those things away from them, well, then the relationship falls apart. I'm sorry, but we live in a life where things fall apart. That's why, you know, when you're doing marriage vows, it's like in sickness and health, right? It's for richer or poorer. It's dealing with all of these negative things in your life, etc. And it's funny because so few people even take those vows seriously. They really, really just don't take them seriously. Because if they did take them seriously, their actions would be completely different, you know? And that's, and that's the point. That's the, that's the point every time. So what do we do? Like, what's, what's, what's the decision then? Well, don't be addicted to the finer things. Recognize that bad things happen in life. Bad things happen to good people. It's very important. Jordan Peterson talks about this in Chapter 7 of his book, 12 Rules for Life. He talks about doing what is meaningful and not expedient. I have to say that the addicted lover as the shadow type of the lover archetype of the mature feminine uh, definitely is about doing what's expedient. It's about potentially finding a man who, you know, it's like, um, it's like, it's like that gold digger, basically. You know, people, people talk about women being gold diggers. Well, that's the addicted lover of the feminine, uh, the, the mature, uh, mature feminine uh, arch- lover archetype. Although it's not mature, it's immature. That's the difference. The shadow types are immature. So, how do you how do you reach that maturity? How do you solve the addicted lover archetype and make it into the true lover, the, the mature feminine? How do you do that? Well, look at it this way. There's there's another component to it. There's the impotent lover, the the woman who's apathetic. The woman who's like, I'm not worthy, you know, and she ends up reveling in herself. She ends up having revelry, not for the finer things of life, but revelry for all of the negative things in life. It's the, uh, it's the complete other extreme. It's the complete other side of the coin, right? So what do you do at that point? That's where you get the women who live in anxiety. That's where you get the women who don't really... They, they revel in their pain, essentially. Uh, they don't feel that they're worth it. Uh, they don't feel that they're worthy. 
uh, you know, and then they and they end up clinging to God and religion, uh, you know, because you know God's gonna save me because I'm not gonna save myself. I mean, have they not heard the saying, uh, "God helps those that helps themselves," right? And maybe if they did, they'd have you know a better approach to it. They'd have a better life. But for some reason, they don't, right? Um, it's because their mind is in the wrong place. The impotent lover. And that's what causes the female to have so much doubt. This woman have so much doubt in herself to where she doesn't even bother. She doesn't bother putting on makeup. She doesn't even bother uh, getting her hair done. She doesn't even bother taking responsibility for meeting her own needs, etc. It's And it's almost as if she's selfless in such a way. Selfless not in a good way. Selfless as in she has no sense of self because she's like me being a self is not worthy. And then as a result of that, she cannot love her, her she cannot love herself. And because of that lack of love for herself, that causes a lot of problems. It's it's like this is so for example, these women who are the impotent lover, because of that lack of self-love, because they feel like they're not worthy, they become codependent. Which, by the way, if you haven't read the book Codependent No More by Megan Beatty, you need to. Seriously, you need to. Because that book is like literally the female version of No More Mr. Nice Guy. Codependent No More. You need to read that book, especially if you're in the impotent lover archetype, right? Because if you're an impotent lover, like uh, one of my ENFP friends, for example, uh, they were in a relationship uh, with an ISTJ for many, many, many years before they finally had faith in themselves, before they finally uh, found worth in themselves to move on to uh, bigger and better things and greater men, etc. Because she finally realized that, yes, I actually am worthy and I have to value myself to make myself worthy, right? Very, very important. Uh, uh, Another uh, another example, my, my ex-wife, she was in a relationship with me, a loser. Uh, we were married for 11 years, you know, and, 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 she, still, and she still struggles with that codependence, uh, you know, consistently, and as she did throughout our marriage, right? Now, she's a lot more independent. She's got a very nice job. She's getting, she's getting a house. She's in a lot better position. Uh, she's parenting our children. Uh, she's going in a new direction in her life, and it's very fantastic. But it took her so long. It took her to get to, into her 30s before she realized that she was actually worth something. Now, what causes the impotent lover? Well, abuse. Quite frankly, abuse, trauma. Uh, you know, it's, it's the women who've just been battered down by life and beat down by life. The women who are in consistent pain by life and dealing with pain of life and lack the support structure or the mental tools to deal with pain of life. And that could also include fatherlessness. Uh, for example, um, there's a woman in my life who's, uh, whose father, uh, when, uh, when she wasn't even born, tried to get her aborted, basically. And, and, uh, and then her mother told her that one day in front of her father just to get back at her father. And that whole statement has completely crushed her, crushed her to the point where she's an anxious mess. Uh, in a lot of ways, uh, because uh, she can't deal with the fact, you know, that her own father, that 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 manly figure that was supposed to be there, that was supposed to care about her, just just didn't, just flat out did not, and she carries that pain with her every single day, and that contributes to the impotent lover, the immature form of the uh, uh, feminine archetype, the lover. 
consistently. What does she do, right? Well, when, you, when you're walking around not feeling good enough, not feeling beautiful enough, not feeling pretty enough, not feeling humble enough, not feeling good enough or worthy enough for any man, quite frankly, that turns into a, an endless repeated cycle of bad relationships, codependent relationships. It could even turn into drug use uh, to try to cope with, with uh, the depression that comes as a result. The impotent lover of the feminine is all about depression. It's all about being defeated and it's self-defeating. And not only that, it leads to a self-fulfilling prophecy. It is a self-fulfilling prophecy because these people are literally, are literally selfless. So think about that for a second. Selfless. It's not that they're being selfless in a good way. It's just they have no sense of self. The self itself is not so real to them. That's the problem. The self needs to be real. And they struggle with that. I would argue that FE users, especially high FE users in women, are more likely to be a part of the impotent lover, right? than the uh, addicted lover. Whereas, uh, but that's not necessarily true because some high FI users I've noticed also struggle and suffer in the same way. But it's especially bad with FE heroes and parents when it comes to the impotent lover because they just already have, they already lack the mental tools to value themselves properly through introverted feeling. They already lack FI, so because of that, it's really hard for them to value themselves properly, and they look for external sources of validation, especially from their fathers, more so than anyone when they're little girls, but if they don't have that validation, they do not value themselves, which leads to the impotent lover, right? You look at it the other way around, when they are overvalued, overvalued by their fathers, or overvalued, or given everything, and they become selfish because they have that high expectation, and they become the addicted lover, right? And, they, and, it's, and again, it's revelry. They revel in the finer things in life, whereas the, the uh, impotent lover revels in the negative things of life, pain of life. It's still revelry with women. It's still revelry. They are, uh, they're being, uh, uh, gosh, what's the term? Um, it's like they're being ravished, ravished in the finer things, ravished in their own selfishness, uh, and it leads to gold diggerism, or they're being ravished in, uh, in pain, and, and it leads to this self-defeating attitude consistently, right? So how is it these women are actually able to deal with this pain of life or deal with the fact that they're addicted to the finer things and are selfish gold diggers, for example. How, how do women deal with this? What's the proper path? Well, the proper path is the mature feminine, the mature feminine, the lover archetype. How does a woman gain the lover archetype itself? How does she deal with being the impotent lover or the addicted lover or both? Does she oscillate between both? Is she just primarily one or the other? It's one primary versus secondary? Who knows? But it's still a consistent problem. How does she deal with it? How does she mature? Well, the answer, instead of revelry, the key to gaining the mature feminine lover archetype is this, and it's a controversial idea, but it is what it is, and here's the truth. Reverence reverence. Women need to learn to revere life, not revel in it. 
That's the truth. Revelry is what causes the impotent lover and the addicted lover. Reveling in the really positive, the good things, the fine things of life, or reveling in the pain of life, right? The self-defeating part of life. But reverence, where women learn to revere, revere life, that's the difference. That's what it means. So what does revering life mean? It means having deep respect for life. Deep respect for themselves. Very deep. Deep respect for life. Um, to the point where they're grateful. Uh, an ENFJ uh, recently told me something. Uh, an ENFJ woman told me something very profound. She told me, I need to stop uh, uh, looking at what I'm not and start looking at what I am. This is very profound. And I'm thinking to myself, yep, I am so going to be mentioning that on my uh, lover archetype lecture because, damn, that's good. You know, she ain't bullshitting. She's telling the truth. The fact of the matter is, is that women need to realize what they are, who they are, and not what they are not. Oftentimes, women look at each other, and it's that, you know, that, that pie of life, as I've said before. And, the, uh, you know, men, they see the pie of life, and they just want to get their own slice for themselves, their own kingdom, their own aspect of it, their own domain. Women look at, at the pie, they get their slices, and then they look at each other, and it's like, well, why do you get that slice? Why is yours bigger than mine, right? And they compare each other to each other, and it becomes a competition, right? It's a problem. It's selfish, and it's arrogant, uh, they, they lack that humility, right? Well, if you are going to life in reverence and you revere life as we know it, then you're valuing life properly. You're not being impotent and you're not being addicted because you're revering life. Why? Because you are thankful. Because you're thankful for what you have. You are grateful. You are showing gratitude. You are not taking what you have in life for granted, which is the hallmark of the addicted lover. They are taking all the good things in life for granted, right? Get this. The impotent lover is taking all the bad things in life for granted. Think about that. Like That's, that's, that's a super deep concept uh, where women have to realize, wow, I'm taking all of my pain in life for granted. They really are because they just expect more pain to come. Just like people who take the good things of life uh, for granted, they expect the good things to always come to them every single time. You know, I, a friend of mine is married to uh, an INFP woman and he told me like, you know, when they first got married, she had this expectation, this constant uh, expectation that, you know, after getting married, you know, everything was just gonna be perfect, marital bliss, all of her needs and wants and dreams are going to come true. It's like this Disney princess point of view. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, she just became lazy. She just had she had that addicted lover mindset. Uh, I've made it. I don't have to work anymore. I don't have to try to make myself beauty anymore, beautiful anymore. And then she lets her body go. She, you know, and it's just like, wow. Where's the self-respect? Where's the reverence? Where is the reverence? Where is not taking life or love for granted, right? Or pain for granted. See, that's that's the thing. Women need to realize when they're being immature and a lover, it's all about taking the good and the bad for granted. It happens consistently. 
We need to make sure that our women out there in this culture, in first world culture, first world society, actually everywhere, third world society, it doesn't matter, that they are not taking life for granted, the good or the bad. It's absolutely critical because if they revere life, if they understand exactly what to be thankful for, and it's not about just being thankful for the good things. It's not about that. Why? I'll be straight. Like I used to live in a garage for a long time. I was homeless. I had, I had to deal with some serious problems in my life. I've had abuses. I, I've been upfront about that. Uh, I've been a victim. I've been taken advantage of consistently. I've, uh, I've been gullible. I have all these huge hangups that I've had in my life and I've been upfront about those uh, with this audience basically from the beginning. And I slowly reveal more and more and more over time. Well, here's the issue though. Bad things happen. You can't avoid them. You know, uh, you have to you have to realize that it's important to not just not just take them for granted, but it's also important to revere the bad things in life, revere the struggles and the obstacles that you have faced. Why is that? Because think about it. Would I trade my pain? Would I trade my pain for anything in the world? No. No, I would not. Because the fact that I have been abused, the fact that I dealt with homelessness, the fact that I dealt with financial ruin multiple times, uh, building companies and they would rise and then they'd fall. And it just be this constant constant, endless stream of failure and failure and failure and failure and failure and failure. But I gained wisdom as a result of all of that failure. I became a better man because of that failure. Women become better women because of failure, because of pain of life. Okay. So be thankful for your pain. Be thankful for your suffering because it makes you into a better woman. That's the point. Be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for the good in your life and be thankful for the pain in life because your pain in life has taught you, made you into a diamond. Yes, you're flawed, but you're still a diamond. The most precious substance on the earth, right? The most precious substance, the hardest substance, the most beautiful substance, physical substance on the earth, and that's you, right? You are literally treasure. And that treasure was able to be come into being because of the pain in your life. So be thankful and be grateful for your pain. And as much as you are thankful and grateful for your husband or your house or your zip code or your dog or your mother who was always there with you even though your father wasn't or your father who was always there for you even though your mother wasn't. Who knows what it is? But there is definitely something you as women could be thankful for and not take for granted. You have to realize you can't take anything for granted. You have to revere it. It's very, very important, right? So the addicted lover also ends up becoming, you know, very like, here's another, here's another negative component of the addicted lover because they're so focused on the finer things. They become super seductive. The addicted lover ends up having, you know, and, and females ends up having lover after lover after lover. They end up, uh, you know, going from man to man to man because they expect to have the good times. They always expect to have the good things coming to them because they were probably given everything as, as children. Who knows? And they always, always have that expectation that good things come to them. And they take those good things for granted. And when a man all of a sudden loses his job one day because of an economic downturn, because of circumstances outside his control, you know, 
oh wait, for richer or poor, right? No, that woman, because she's like basically a gold digger, dumps him on his head and moves on to the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and never stops to think that those men might actually be real men and not man-children, that those men are just victims of their circumstances and not actually, you know, uh, uh, it's not their fault, right? You know, or, uh, or the impotent lover, someone who's so defeated by the pain in her life that she becomes frigid, right? That's basically no one who, someone who has no sexual desire. And guess what? That was my ex-wife. And guess what? She was frigid. She absolutely was frigid. It's one of the reasons why we got a divorce because she was frigid. It's because she was so defeated because she did not feel worthy. She did not feel good enough. She felt ashamed consistently as a result of the abuse in her life that she was like, I'm not good enough to do this, so I'm not going to do it at all, right? And it became a consistent problem over and over and over and over, right? That is a big deal. It's a, consistent, it's a consistent issue. And that leads to the impotent lover, right? But a woman who has reverence instead of revelry, instead of reveling in her pain or reveling in the good times, right? If it feels good, do it, right? Instead of reveling in those things, but she is focused on revering life, being thankful for life, not taking life for granted, that is a woman of value. That is a woman who is mature. That is the mature feminine, the lover archetype. That woman, that's a woman that I want. A woman who does, who does not take her pain, who does not take the good things of life for granted. A woman who humbles herself and has a deep, profound respect for life and for what she has and for who she is. That is the woman that I would desire to make my queen. That is a woman that I would desire to be my lover, right? And guess what? It's the same for men everywhere. That is what men want in a woman because it takes a lot of humility to not take the things of life, positive or negative, for granted. I mean, think about it. Like even, even from like a, a sexual act uh, point of view or, or a sexual scenario, uh, two lovers in the bedroom, right? Male, female. And uh, like it takes a lot of trust and it takes a lot of respect to trust a man to enter into your body, right? Or, or even different or look at it this way. One of the reasons, you know, why it's so important, why it's so symbolic, the act of oral sex just by itself, you know, that, that a woman, you know, taste a man, etc. That is the greatest sign of respect when she takes him into his mouth, for example. It is an example of reverence. She is revering her lover. She is revering her man in the act of oral sex, for example, right? That's just like the most profound example I can come up with, but she's literally revering him. She is showing him deep, profound respect. This is why I teach in season four, uh, episode uh, ones and one and two, it's about love and respect. Because without love and respect, love for the women, respect for the men, that's why women need to show reverence. They need to show reverence and revere their men, that deep, profound respect. Because without that deep, profound respect, there will not be a relationship. And she's not being mature either. She's not the mature lover. She's an immature lover. She could be the addicted lover or the impotent lover, the seductive or the frigid, right? That's the problem.
that's the issue. And when I say seductive, I mean that in a very negative way, from seducing man to man to man to man and trading up for you know this man and then that man and then that man. And then they all fail because they're men. They're just flawed. We're all flawed. Men are flawed. And sometimes we're victims of circumstances outside our control. But then you dump us on our head because we're not making the money anymore. You see what I'm saying? That's just an example, right? So in summary, in order to gain the mature feminine, the lover archetype, to finish off the four archetypes, you as women need to revere life. Be thankful show gratitude. Do not take the bad things or the good things for granted. Do not take life for granted. Humble yourselves. Do not take any of these things for granted. And then as a result of that, show reverence for life. Show reverence for your man. Show reverence for your lovers. Because it is through reverence and not revelry that you will obtain the mature feminine, the lover archetype. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, or enlightening, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube or on the podcast. If you would like to support uh, us and what we're doing with the CSJ community, please head over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash csjoseph. Uh, if you'd like to join our Discord group to get in on our Q&A sessions, uh, please do so. The link is in the description below. If you'd like to uh, come see me in the flesh uh, in the Bay Area uh, or when I'm flying abroad uh, outside of California, which is consistent, uh, please go to our uh, meetup group, uh, which is also uh, in the uh, link in the description below. Thank you very much uh, for being with me uh, through this very tough uh, lecture series, Season 13. It's been one of the hardest pieces of work that I've uh, put together. But I do it because I love all of you, uh, all of you women. Uh, if it were up to me, I would wipe the tears from all of your faces. And, uh, and while I do it for the men and I hold, it, hold men accountable, it is especially important that it is also for the women. I'm not here to just uh, you know, show favoritism to one side or the other. No, I'm holding everyone equally accountable. That's what season 13 is all about, to help the mature masculine and the mature feminine actually rise up and become what it is, to rise up out of their immaturity and into maturity so that we could change the world for the better and have a better tomorrow for the next seven generations so that our children are no longer fatherless, so that our children know who they are and have their identity. And as a result of knowing who they are and knowing themselves, finally, they're able to find themselves and then they're able to love themselves and have self-respect so that they can love their neighbor as themselves. Because that is how we are going to change the world to save it and have a better tomorrow for all of us. Not just our children, but for all of us. So thank you very much and uh, I'll see you folks uh, probably later tonight. Have a good day.